Good morning, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, you're sitting underneath what tree? A uh, big boab tree. Um, actually, this is probably a small boab tree in comparison to some that we've seen. The trunks on some of them are so, you know, they'd be three or four times the width of this. Um, in Australia, we call them boab trees, but they're in Africa and, and some other hotter countries and they can grow to an incredibly old age, like thousands of years old, but um, beautiful, beautiful trees and they're prolific through the, the Kimberleys and, you know, parts of Northern Australia. Uh, but we're just here at Mornington, uh, which is a property owned by the AWC, Australian Wildlife Conservative, and, and they're, 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 they're um, responsible for, um, you know, they own some land throughout Australia and also help traditional owners and also, you know, uh, army property in, in, and, and, and uh, also station owners. Um, in the management of, of their land to sort of conserve the, the wildlife and the wildlife habitat and uh, they're also responsible for helping protecting some of the uh, endangered species that we have here in Australia so it's just really nice to be here and, and see the place and yeah. Great, well, we need all these trees around us that's for sure. Um, Mark, so I've got some questions um, from our members. Uh, the first one is from Meredith. Meredith has a new horse that she doesn't know much about. He's a six-year-old um, gelding, very light and soft in the end of the lead rope, but not so much in the bridle. She feels that the one rein stop has either been badly taught or overdone. When she asks for a bend to stop his head, um, or a bend to stop his head, he'll just whip around at the slightest ask, but his feet does, don't stop. So um, she feels like if he really got in trouble and needed to stop he'd just run out through the shoulder whiz around in a circle with his head on her boot and not stop do you have any ideas on how she can retrain this response yeah um the, the, this response is a common response and it's an unfortunately common response in the sense of horses being frightened of head pressure so what, what a lot of horses do they try and get away from the pressure in their head thinking they're kind of just avoiding the pressure to sort of you know get the pressure to stop and their mind and their body aren't in balance with that pressure at all, so they're, they're not, not, not really in tune to it, and it doesn't, doesn't help the way they're feeling or direct their thoughts in, 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 in the appropriate way. So, um, there's, yeah, basically it's a lot of re retraining. Um, just, just quickly on the one rein stop. One rein stop, there's two ways that I see it taught most commonly. Well, there's three ways. There's, there's probably one of the, the better, better ways, um, and it doesn't necessarily mean the horse has to stop. Um, but one of the one of the sort of the, the, the worst ways is probably the way that your horse is stopping, bending the head around. But it, it, in, in your horse's response, it's not even stopping its feet. Um, but you know, just snapping the horse's head round, and the horse kind of just parks and stops. And, and that really is a, a, a one way to get a horse really badly balanced in the reins. That type of one rein stop, and um, and, and and I think it's detrimental to, to good reinsmanship and, and good horsemanship. So. Um, the second one rein stop is a horse just spins around in a circle and starts to soften and then eventually sort of stops. Now that is also, it's probably better than the first one, but it's also um, a way of teaching a horse to slow down in the reins and, and, and in a lateral rein. And I don't think slowing down in the lateral rein is a very good long-term response in a horse. Reins are to open up a horse not to close them down. But in training young horses, it's very common that people, or, or sort of re-education horses, it's very common that, you know, we think the road is to close down the horse if anything goes wrong. So we sort of use it as a close down, close down response. So we're teaching the horses to, you know, bend to a stop or one rein stop and all this sort of stuff because we're trying to, we're, we're in, in case we need to close the horse down. 
I like to look at the reins in a way that we open the horses up. So we're sort of opening their mind up to a new possibility, for instance. So say the horse is troubled about something, then we might pick up the feel of a rein and, it's, and it takes away that thought. So the first response of the rein is to sort of say, let go of that, that hard thought that you're thinking about. Um, and, then, and then when the horse lets go of that, then it's an available to possibly follow the feel of the rein into a better you know, mental and physical position. So, um, so the second response will be turn like this or rebalance like this. So going, going back to the third one, rein stop, which is probably not necessarily a stop, but it's a, it's a rebalance and a, and a mental engagement with the reins is the way that was probably taught more in horsemanship years ago when horsemanship was starting to sort of get about a bit and that's you know you just pick up the feel of an inside rein the horse softens to the inside rein and rebalances a little um, now rebalancing means the horse is truly engaged with the rein is because the rein connects with its feet and its balance and and putting reins in different positions cause the horse to want to do different things so it's important that the feet keep moving with the reins and don't just always stop okay so if your horse is feeling tight and in trouble the best thing you can do is teach it to follow the feel of a rein so it lets go of that thought connects with the rein and follows that until uh, it feels better and that won't necessarily mean stopping um, a lot of people think we've got to stop the feet but no we've just got to take the trouble out of the mind more so so a lot of things that you know I would think with a horse especially if you're worried about your horse in particular blowing out through the shoulder and just losing its head uh, in the bend and just still being troubled and running and blowing its feet off somewhere else um, the best thing you could do is just teach it in baby steps in, in in a safe environment to follow the feel of the rain and that could be just getting a horse you know just letting your horse out on a line when you're on the ground and getting it to follow the follow the feel of the you know the halter lead rope back to you and, and out and back and um, teaching it to back up really well and then unsaddle you know what the back up's going to be so instead of putting all your sort of eggs or money into oh let's teach this horse how to do this stop so I know I'm going to be safe if you taught it a really good backup well you've got a way of taking that trouble out of the horse and putting it into a backup if you've got a good turn you can take the trouble out and put the horse into a little turn and turn it in a new direction so um, so I would probably be working on a lot of good quality backups and just following the feel of the rein and also hindquarter yields. So hindquarter yield without the leg. So a leg will add energy and impulsion and sometimes trouble the horse more if you want to bump them across off your leg. So what I would tend to do is just sort of take a turn on the horse, take up the feel of the rein. When the horse is gently bending into the rein, just take that rein up into your, uh, into your sternum area. And if you haven't quite got that hindquarter, you can start to lift up like you're going to you know, just touch your finger on your nose or something like that, or your thumb on your nose, and you'll find that that horse will bend, and then because of the angle of that rein coming in behind the wither like that into your body, it'll actually step its hind feet over, and, and that'll cause a rebalancing and, 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 and possibly stop that horse from, from blowing out through the shoulder. And when they learn to soften and rebalance like that, and they're forced into the rein, then they're gonna let go of that trouble, so when you loosen up, they go, ha ah. ha. Okay, so what you're sort of thinking about, I guess, in your bending to a stop, you're trying to do the same thing in a sense. Your, your horse goes, ha, ah, and relaxes. But you may be just getting the horse to reward, you're rewarding it when it stops. Um, whereas I would reward a horse for letting go of a hard thought and rebalancing with the reins, because the reins is opening up, rebalancing, um, and opening up a new possibility, not necessary for closing the horse down into a stop. So good backing, good steering, you know, indirect rein, hindquarter over, open rein, or lift and open the rein, 
you know, get the horse to think and step into its turn. So you really, you can really feel that inside front foot stepping into the turn. All those exercises of, of, of thought change and rebalancing will help a horse become a lot better with the reins. But the biggest thing is you've got a feel for in your hands is when that horse is softened and, uh, you know, sometimes we get a response as the feet move, but they move with a, with a certain rigidity and worry. We, we've got to get them to move softly and the horse kind of goes, oh, I feel good in that. So you're waiting for the horse to feel good in the movement that you're teaching it with the reins. And, and if you really focus on that, then, then your horse will start to feel a lot better in, in, in the reins. And then all of a sudden, you know, you'll just take a rein and redirect your horse and, 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 and you'll be back on a loose rein and the horse will be calm again. That's what you're kind of aiming for. So yeah, thank, thanks uh, Meredith for that. But, um, it, it is a big problem and, and, um, and, and the best way I've found is just getting the horse to really understand the reins properly and not, not, not just try and teach it one rein stops. Okay, the next question is from Naja. Um, Naja starts off saying, my horse is good except when he isn't questioned. I um, so I'm just going to explain that with um, what she's written. Um, she, it's a really good question. She's experienced with her horse and her friend's horse that they do quite well with pressure on the lead rope, except when they are up and worried. Then all the lessons about following the rope physically and mentally seem forgotten. Her horse pulls back when anxious pretty violently and her friend's horse will try to pull away. They both bought the horses like that. Um, they guess that somehow perhaps they weren't clear enough in their re-education. But Mark, what are your ideas if the training can't be assessed in situations when it's needed? Okay, Naja, this is a, it's a really good question because um, there's something happening. I'm meeting a lot of people that, and, and it's in horsemanship a lot, that, and, and, and I'm not saying this is where you're coming from in it, but, but it's what's, what's happening is, um, is a lot of people are believing that you've got to have your horse in a relaxed state so it can learn. So they're waiting and getting their horses relaxed. I'm not saying this is what you're doing, but, but it's a common thing. And, and, and it can be positive, it can be negative. It's just as long as everyone knows the balance. But, you know, they, you know we want to get a horse relaxed and then we kind of educate it. Um, and then what happens is sometimes through education, the horse might get up a bit. Um, so I, I like to make a horse feel better through education, not just wait, let it, you know, lick and chew and then start to teach it. I would actually have the horse in whatever state it comes to me and show it through my ideas and feel of my ideas, whether that be lead rope pressure, anything like that, that that horse can follow a pathway in a better feeling. So first the horse learns and then and then learns that following a feel of our idea helps it feel better as and it's the same response as if say um, uh, a mob of horses like wild horses were startled and um, and and they don't all scatter off like mice they don't all just run off in all different directions running mad into trees and through bushes and scrub they they sort of one might go, I think we should go to safety. Most of the horses then follow the feel. They're following the feel of that horse and its direction and they work as a herd together to go to a safer place. So it's not, all, not you don't get this like random flight response where horses just go manic and run off. You, you, you basically get a horse under pressure, searching and thinking and actively making a decision to make itself feel better. And I think we should harness this in education, not just so, you know, relax our horses and go, okay, 
I'm going to now have to wake you up through education. We actually use that education to make them feel that they've made a good decision and followed our idea and went, oh, good, that was a good idea. I'm, I'm back to feeling calm again, yeah? So um, what I would tend to do with your horse, if it's, if it's following the feel of that lead rope, I would startle your horse a little bit first in the sense of maybe just you could just pop a flag on your leg and get the horse looking and going oh what should I do what should I do so you're not startling it enough to go oh gee I'm gonna run off and I'm in a real panic you're just enough to get it get it aware and thinking I need to make a decision um, and then you might put a feel on a rope and the horse may go oh what's that and you'll find if it's going to fight but if you can hang in there and say and just wait on it it might just go oh and it'll release and its thoughts will go and its feet will go with the feel of that rope and at that moment you release release that pressure or it'll have released the pressure anyway um, and you might put your hand out and it might just connect with you and sniff on you and you just let it settle a bit and it'll go oh all right and then you might just do that again and then until your horse will go, oh, I follow the feel of that lead rope. And it might be just in a simple leading forward lesson. Um, and, and then you can sort of amplify it a little bit more sometimes that the horse knows that when it's in trouble, that there's an answer through that rope, okay? But you, you, you do that in education. So, so as it was, was what happens in education, a lot of times as we um, work in this nice, calm environment, teaching our horses all this stuff, hoping it's gonna work when, when, when um, when something goes wrong, whereas uh, what we should be doing is is setting the horse up to access and search a bit, and then find a good feeling through that education. Um, and so, and that's where driving was. You know, when people had a quiet horse, then they had to drive their horses all the time and chase them to get them motivated to move their feet because the horse wasn't searching anymore. Whereas if you get them searching, you don't have to drive your horses, they, they search and, um, but, but what ends up happening is the horse is really confident with your decisions, the reins, the rope, all those things. So yeah, so to add a little bit of stimulant, don't direct a stimulant at the horse to send it away from the stimulant, just add a stimulant that gets it searching. Offer it a, a, a little question through the lead rope. It could be turn left to me and come to me a little bit or follow the feel of the lead rope. Um, and, and just keep doing those little things until your horse goes, oh, 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 yeah, I'll follow that. And, and they start to sort of look for that feel and want to follow it and it makes them feel better. Um, and then, you know, once you've got a feel of understanding it yourself, then you can sort of set it up in different situations where you might just walk along and bang something and the horse will get a fright, but then you put a feel on them and they'll go, oh, yeah, I'll follow that. Okay, and you just set up in a learning environment where the horse gets the feeling that it's a little troubled, but then you sort of, go well but here's the answer why don't you follow this and and then what happens is when you're out under saddle when when something you know is in the bushes and moves around a bit you can say well we don't need to worry about that follow the feel of the rain and follow my leadership over here and the horse goes well I don't need to worry about that I'll just follow my herd over here and that's kind of what you're trying to sort of you know work with in your horses so yeah you just got to be a little creative with it you know just be creative and thoughtful and 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 you know, you, you, you're basically, it's almost like a test. So people sort of, when you go to school, you learn how to do something or understand something. And then the teacher puts a test there and says, you've got, you've got 30 minutes to complete this. And you, and you go, whoa, geez, I always need this much time. And then that, but that also gives the teacher an understanding of where the students are at under pressure. 
without tests, the, the student may be able to, you know, complete their work and under, you know, and do it quite slowly, but under pressure, they, they can't do it. So, so tests are there to sort of put the student under pressure. And so in training, you've got to set up little tests that say under pressure, can you do this? And, and make sure that you've done it in a safe environment because you know when the horse gets like this, when that child grows up and goes into the workforce, the, the boss might go, go and do that. You've, you you said on paper that you can do all this, do it. I don't have to look over your shoulder. I've got this to do. And then all of a sudden that that kid's going, whoa, geez, I'm an adult now, and I'm, I don't think I can do all this today. Um, but had they been set up for that pressure, then you know it would be okay. And it's the same with horses. We have to look at it like that. So be creative. Add a little bit of thing on the horse so it wants to search and then, then give it a clear pathway. Thanks very much, Nadja, for that question. It's a, it, yeah, it's very good. Okay, we've got a little bit of a similar question um, from Ashley. A little bit similar, a little bit different. Um, she was tying her gelding to his usual tree. Um, ready for saddling and she left him there to go and collect um, his best friend from the other paddock and she was watching him while she went and bought the other mare in as she approached um, he could there was an angle where he could no longer see her and he started to dance around the tree and he reared up vertically three times that she could see he never puts any tension on the rope when he's doing any of this and he's not usually the type to pull back but he has done it twice in the past couple of months both times when he lost sight of his friend so if she was standing at the tree um, while someone else was moving the other horses he will still stand and but he does focus on the other horses so a question is how does she get to work on getting him to be comfortable there on his own yeah standing on your own is an interesting one a while ago, a six-day clinic, but you know we, we found it very hard to work, and it was kind of a starting horse, a little Arab, and quite good until the dynamics change at a distance. So, basically, before you expect a horse to tie up to a tree, you've got to know the horse can let go of something while you're still there. So, some horses, oh, I've got my owner here, I don't have to worry about that. But as you've already just said in the question, is He's looking over there. He's standing because he knows you're there and he's not rearing, but his kind of thoughts are over there. But when you go, he feels really unsafe, which means his thoughts are still more strongly on the other horse in the sense of the other horses, his safety, not you. Um, and also the fact that he's avoiding the lead rope pressure. Um, what's an interesting experiment with, with what the situation you've just uh, explained is an experiment I would do with your horse if I had it at a clinic is I would actually get him set up in that situation where he's kind of thinking, oh, and I would actually bring the pressure to him on the halter just, you know, you don't have to do it fast, you just bring it to his head and see what he does. A lot of horses that are rearing up avoiding the pressure, sometimes you pull on them, they'll give them a little pull like that and they'll, they'll start to panic because it's like a double whammy. Some horses that rear and don't touch the pressure still don't know how to lead properly uh, because they're avoiding the pressure, they're actually a little bit scared of it. Um, a lot of horses that are good with pressure will go to the end of the rope, they won't lean on it, but, they, but, but they, they're not frightened if, the, if there's a little bit of a leaner there and they'll come back over here. So I would, one area I would teach is get him up under the chin when you're leading him quite close and, teach, and, and really show him he's coming forward and, or let him show you that he's coming forward off the feel and he can have that feel on him. And, and, and really feel it and come through soft and back up soft and all that. I do that as a separate lesson 
just to make sure that he's not a horse that just follows the rope avoiding the pressure all the time and a lot of horses do that they just follow the rope because they never really truly understood the pressure but when the pole pressure comes on especially in an emergency they can panic and even rear up more so teach him to lead separately um, and that's not going to just just fix his separation anxiety um, but it's it's something that i would be definitely looking into the other thing i'd look into is getting him to let go so so when you're standing with him if he's, you know, setting it up so there's a, there's a horse over there that's moving and be, be, be quite, not firm, it's more clear, I guess, than firm. So say if, say if I was, you know, talking, you know, um, to someone and they weren't listening to me, I'd have to get their attention for them to listen to me. So I have to go, hello, you know, and I might have to go, hey. So you've got to be clear enough to say, hey, you know, I'm over here, listen to me. Um, and, and when your horse's thoughts go away, um, get their attention. It could be popping a flag, whatever you do, and, until their thoughts come back. And when their thoughts are with you, and but you've got to hand over the, you know, um, what, what, I, what I try and encourage people to do is not be micro, focused micromanagers, which means, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Hey, I'm over here, look at me, look at me. It's not like that. I, I, I sometimes go just a little bigger and I say, hey, attention. And the horse goes, yep. And then, and then it softens with me and stays there. But it, no, but I've kind of handed over responsibility. Um, I want to hand over responsibility to the horse so it knows its responsibility to focus on me, um, not me to always catch its focus all the time and nag it to come back. Uh, and then once I've handed over that responsibility, um, then if the horse goes to look away, I might just shift a little bit or stand in a different position and the horse will go, oh, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, okay, I'm with you. So you get them to sort of get to a, get him to get to a stage that he can stay with you and just go, yeah, I'm okay here, okay. And then when he's in that that mental state that he's feeling okay and he's let go of thinking that he's uh, troubled because he's not somewhere else and he's happy because he's grounded right here, then you can start to sort of tie him up, walk away, come back again, and just sort of like rated exposure or graded exposure, I suppose. Grade is probably the better word. Um, is you're grading it. Um, and, and just extending the time you go away from him and come back. So um, until he's got a calm mind and he knows that he's with that rope, but the better he is at leading and the more confident he is at knowing that, that rope's a good thing and a good thing to stay with and be with, he's going to be a lot better. So sometimes fixing leading fixes a whole bunch of other things as well. So once he's comfortable with that leading, uh, you can have his thoughts with you when you're with him till he's actually grounded and centered with you then you slowly can you got two good tools that you can start to teach him to tie up on his own with and that could be just you know walk away for a bit come back walk away come back and see him walk up to the, you know, somewhere else and come back and he stood there nice and quiet and he's happy about it but um you, you know you know this this idea you know you hear this story about you know tie it to the tree of patience and people have their horses tied up for half a day or a day and it's just without, without giving the horses the tools they need. And, and, and one of the best sayings I've you know, heard was years ago, my horse, the horse dentist used to do our horses in Gleninus. Um, he said, the best way to teach a horse, now, now he probably got it off someone else, it's a saying that's probably out there and, and some people might've already heard this saying, but the best way to teach a horse to tie up is don't tie it up. And, and, and it's a great saying because it's like, well, you never tie a horse up until it's ready to tie up. And, um, and, and you know when they're ready because 
if you're paying attention to the education and what they're understanding in, in that education, then you know when you put a rope over that rail, they go, I'm connected to that rope and rail and I'm, and I'm centred here and you know and know they're right with it, but it takes a bit of education first. You do, um, you do a lesson where you throw the rope over the rail and then you sort of walk off in a different direction, say at an angle, 45 degree angle, and then you kind of pull, put pressure on the rope and they have to walk up to the pressure of the rope, not you. Yeah. Um, that's quite a good, I remember you've got some training videos on, on that. That's sort that's, of that. it's a really that, that's a really good one to, to sort of tell if a horse is following your indirect feel, which is your, you know, oh, they're going that way. Um, and it's a good one to know that the horse is confident with the rope and following that rope in a, in a different direction while you're walking off in another direction. So it's also another one to add into that where you just throw the rope, a long rope over a rail, you have the horse standing away from the rail, you walk that way off that way and the horse has to go towards the rail and, or the post that you've got that rope around and they have to lead up to that and be quite calm with that. And, and until you, you're at a stage you can sort of bother them a bit or, or do some things out there and they go, yeah, I'm okay, I'm, I'm okay with the rope. And that's, that's a really good one to test the, how, how good the horse is leading. Um, and, and whether they're right to be hard tied at some stage. Yeah, there's a lot of videos out there on needing, I think, for people if they want to see yeah. them. All I good. think that's all, but thanks very much for everybody for the questions, and uh, I think the next the next uh, question and answer will be somewhere else in Western Australia. So We're, on, we're heading home very soon after this, so it won't be long, and we'll be sort of back to the normal uh, life, life routine. I'll be able to put jeans on because it'll be cold enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for your questions, everyone, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.